Why does your success have to first start in your mind? Stay tuned and find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. What is up? What is up? What the heck is up, my Dark Horse friends and family? Welcome back to your weekly dose of strengthening your mindset learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and you, well, that, my friend, is infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur or one in the making. Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, just start leveling up with some great marketing, business, or personal tips and results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into that empire it absolutely deserves to be. Man, we're going to come at you with another big episode today as John Morley shares so many amazing tips and thoughts about how to get your internals lined up to make getting those business ventures lined up a whole lot easier. Plus, I'm going to let you in on next week's interview episode guest, who's not only an entrepreneur, but a drummer in one of my favorite bands. And nope, it's not Kiss. But as per usual, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of personal business and marketing G-O-L-D spilling from every corner of the Dark Horse Entrepreneur HQ. So let's get to the starting gates and go. What is up, my Dark Horse friends and family? Today's guest is John Morley. Now, John started his first company just about 30-some-odd years ago, and as a passionate serial entrepreneur, he didn't stop there. He later went on to build his own marketing and full-print publication center. Today, he gets people more quality connections on LinkedIn by telling their stories in a unique way. John is also the president of the Franklin Lakes Chamber of Commerce, and he also serves as an emergency responder. John, welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur, man. Thank you very much for having me, Tracy. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, absolutely. So the first thing I I like to do when I have folks on is really just kind of step back from the mic, shut up my rambling mouth, and let you tell your story of entrepreneurship. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the the, the road that you kind of went through that brings you to where you are today and why you love doing what you do so much. That's an excellent question. So I will tell you this, my road is still continuing. I mean, as long as we're alive, I think uh, the journey of an entrepreneur person is always steering, adjusting, and wanting to become better than you are currently. So mm-hmm. it's always a journey and it's never about the end. It's about the process. Yeah. But one of the biggest lessons I have to share with you, Tracy, is something that I only learned, to be honest with you, only about a year or two ago. Oh. Even though I've been doing this a long time. The first few years you're in business, you kind of understand what you're doing, but you really don't understand business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just understand what you need to do to, let's say, take care of your clients, but you don't understand the business, the process, the connections. It's just not all there unless you're getting a degree in marketing. Right. And I didn't have that. I have an engineering degree and then also a bachelor's in education. So I didn't quite understand all that. But one of the things that always seemed to, uh, I guess, catch my attention is wondering what other people thought. That was a concern of mine in the very beginning. And I guess I don't know if I was looking for approval or whatever it was, but I was always trying to please people, Mm -hmm. maybe please them too much, actually. And um, 
about, like I said, a few years ago, uh, there was a uh, gentleman who um, invited me to his office and he actually asked me a question. He says, John, you know, buddy, when are you going to give up? I mean, you've been doing this so long. When are you going to give up? And this was about something I was working on, a specific project. And I said to him, you know, I'm not really sure. Can you give me a minute and I'll let you know the date and time I'm going to give up? <laughs> and he just kind of sat back in his chair. And I said, uh, without saying his name, I said, well, I know when I'm going to give up. He says, oh, and he gets all like, you know, in his chest, really happy because I'm giving up because I guess I was a threat to him. I don't know. Sure. I said, I'm going to give up, sir, when a little baby boy or a little baby girl tell their parents that they don't want to walk anymore or try to walk. And he puts his fingers by his mouth and kind of strokes it like he's giving it a discernment. And he looks at me and he says, when is that? And I said, well, you're an intelligent man. (laughs) When was the last time that ever happened to you? He looked at the ceiling. And he said, never. And I said, exactly. There it is. I knew you were that intelligent man. He <laughs> says, you know what? You're arrogant. Now get out of my office. <laughs> Move along and that's time. when I realized, Tracy, that when you try to please everyone in your life, I'm not saying to be nasty, but when everybody is in love with you and everything you're doing, guess what? You're not bringing your A game. Yeah. And if you're not bringing your A game, well, then you need to step it up because you see, People get a little bit, I guess, insecure that maybe you're getting ahead of them. And I always say to people that, you know, you have the right to do whatever you want in life without harming, without hurting, uh, without uh, discriminating someone. You know, obviously be competitive, but you have no right to put someone down mm-hmm. or to harm anyone physically. And as long as you don't do anything like that, uh, that's the spirit of entrepreneurship. That's the spirit of being a business owner. Uh, that's not playing games. Uh, that's not playing politics. That's just business. Yeah. And when somebody comes back to me and says, oh, well, John, you don't like me. I said, all due respect. I said, this has nothing to do about our friendship. I said, it's just business. And they're like, wow. So that's what I learned, Tracy, is that I need to always be bringing my egg. And I look for people to challenge me because when they don't challenge me, I'm not really being as creative as I can be. Now, I don't right. reveal my game plan to everyone on day one. Uh-huh. But when they find out what I'm doing, I just come back and say, yes. And then they're like, well, why did you do that? And my resulting answer says, well, why not? (laughs) It's like they wanted to think of it first and they wanted to take credit. And I always believe you got to give credit to whoever who deserves the credit. You shouldn't be stealing it for yourself. And that's what I've learned that when you're in business, there's a lot of people that you can learn from. Brian Tracy, Jim Rohn, and there's a host of others that I have followed and still follow today. Uh, another one was Dr. Wayne Dwyer. Yep. And you probably mean uh, Claude Brister Meyer Meyer mm-hmm. and the uh, magic of believing. So I'm very passionate about setting my goals, Tracy. And what I also learned was that when I was in college, I used to go home every week and help my parents because they were in a business. So I kind of grew up at a very young age. In my freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, I was coming home every week to help manage and run my parents' dry cleaning plant. Okay. Now, that was an interesting thing because I didn't know anything about business. I was learning how to count the money. I was learning how to hire people. I was learning how to fire people. I was learning how to manage people at a very young age. Mm-hmm. When a lot of my friends were going out, hanging out and doing stuff, not that I didn't do that, but my focus was business. I'm like, well, I have to get the work done first or we had a busy day. And they didn't understand responsibility. So I learned responsibility, Tracy, at a very young age, which I think is a great thing. Sure. 
Well, when I did these things uh, and was at college, somebody said to me, John, would you stay this week? And I said, well, I usually go home. Well, we have a, a famous speaker coming, James J. Mapes. Okay, who's he? Well, he's a, a well-known stage hypnosis person. Okay, well, we're paying him $40,000. Okay, so what do you want from me? Well, you're on <laughs> program council, and we want you to make sure he paid. So we have two checks, one for 20000 you need to sign, and another one for when he's finished. When he starts, give him the first one. At the end, give him the second one. He was only on for an hour and a half, two hours. He made a few dollars on our uh, performance. And our auditorium only had about 500 to 600 students, and we could have hold probably close to 1,500. Mm-hmm. Our school was like a suitcase school. Everybody went home on the weekends. Okay. And so uh, the gentleman comes into the auditorium, and I meet him. And I said, look, I've done my research on you. And I said, no funny games. I hold not only your first check, but your last check. I said, and if I get pulled up on stage, if I get made to be looking like an idiot, if you do anything to me, any kind of problems, this second check, you're not getting it. So here's your first check. I said, so just keep that in your mind while you're doing your performance if you want to get fully paid because you will not get paid. And so he walks away and uh, starts his show, and he was a gentleman. And then I saw how he humiliated all these other people because the first thing he says, anyone who was at one of my shows in the past. And he took a lemon and he reached up and he squeezed it. And he said, you all know what you're supposed to do when I squeeze this lemon. And about 15 people ran up on stage. Now, these 15 people, I didn't know. They were Mm -hmm. from another um, university not too far from ours that he already had done a presentation. Who knows if he brought them? I don't know. But all I know is that they look like idiots on stage Mm -hmm. (laughs) and were basically doing whatever he wanted. And then I realized that after this whole thing ended, I bought his book. Then I took the silver myth and I learned there had to be more to our life in our mind to control our destiny. I took the silver method. I still remember to this day I had a coupon. So I saved $100, $200 and you paid this fee and the fee was good for life. So if you ever had a problem, you had a question, um, they would help you. And you could take the course as many times as you want. So that was good. And uh, I took the course several times. Each time I took it, I learned a little more. Mm-hmm. I learned that the mind is very powerful. Then I also learned as, you know, trying to achieve goals, being an entrepreneur at that time, not a serial entrepreneur, more of just an entrepreneur. I would say that there was a challenge and I didn't really know where I wanted to go, but I knew that I had to get someone that could help me get there. So I hired some people to help program my mind. But then I realized, why am I doing this? Why am I getting them to program my mind? Why don't I program my own mind? So a few years later, I decided to get certified in hypnosis, not for any other reason than to help myself achieve goals. Sure. And so then I started making my own mind programs. Uh, and I remember one of the very first, um, it wasn't an, an, an iPod at that time. It was a, a small mini device. And I think at the time it was under $100. Yep. And it was kind of like a knockoff brand, but it was okay. And I put my stuff on there and I was very happy with it. And I would go to sleep with it or I would put it on during the day. But you know something, Tracy, it wasn't working. Yet. It was like, it didn't kick in. Mm-hmm. So uh, I took a little break from it. I came back. I studied some other people who were very famous in this field. And I just tried to understand the principles because when I got certified, I was just really gung-ho to becoming this overnight. And you can't. It has to be a part of you. So it took a few years later that I started to make my first milestone. And that was when I wanted to get my first car that was a luxury. I put the picture of the car. I still remember this on my laptop. And Within four months, don't ask me how, but I got that car. And so then I realized there's something more running our body than just, 
you know, what we see every day. Mm -hmm. And that's our subconscious. So now I am very much into that. uh, And I keep learning. I'm always a student. And I have followed this new rule now. It's called the 369 rule. You might know of it. What they say is to take three goals that you want to achieve. Focus on them six times a day for nine seconds each. Well, I step that up a little more and I have seven goals. Every morning I write my seven goals down and I experience them. I feel them. Someone once told me it's about feeling first, manifesting second. And that kind of stuck with me, but I didn't quite understand it. You see, sometimes we want to manifest something, but we don't know how we want to get there. And you see, that's not really the problem. We shouldn't be worried about the details of how to get there. We just need to worry about what we want and let the universe uh, take care of the rest. And also, we need to realize, and some people think I'm crazy, is that our world is all connected. Everyone's brain is all connected. And when we can just go back to what another famous person said, uh, this was Dr. Joe Dispenza. You might know him. He's an mm-hmm. amazing guy. And he actually, many years ago, uh, got run over by a truck or a car and broke several ribs in his body. Now, that's pretty serious. He healed all that himself by using his mind. Now, Hmm. that blew blew me. So uh, I started following him. And he says, when you truly uh, become no one, no thing, focus on nothing in no time, is truly when you connect with the outer consciousness. And that's when you truly have the ability to connect to infinite possibilities. Now, this sounded like something from outer space, but I've slowly integrated this into my life. You probably know the the famous gentleman, uh, and trying to pronounce his name is going to be very difficult, but you know the guy who talked about the three jars of rice? He took one jar of rice, uh, Mr. Uh, Omoto. Okay, yes. His first name is very hard to say. And the first jar he put rice in, and they did nothing and left it in the fridge. Second jar they put in, and they talked to the rice and said, I hate you. The third jar put the rice in and focused energy, and I love you. And so they did this every day. No attention, focusing hate and holding it, and focusing love. And after 30 days, the rice that they did nothing to didn't look very good. The rice that said they were having thoughts of, of hatred really looked like it was just dead. And then the ones that showed love actually were preserved and didn't have any damage. So I think a lot of what we do in life is our brain and and how we choose to do things. There was another wise person that said, you know, we change our words, we change our thoughts. We change our thoughts. We will, in fact, improve the quality of our life. And that is what we want. But a lot of people just, they don't have time to focus on. They just think that if they want something, they work about all the details and then they get hung up on a detail and they don't feel it. And I think the magic to manifesting anything is to just believe it and also to feel it and experience it. Um, And the last little quick story about this I want to share is that um, I was building this print production center about a year or two ago. And uh, every night I knew that I wanted the center to be a certain way. So I meditated. I started thinking about how I wanted the place to look like, uh, what the doors were going to look like, the fact that we were going to have access control, picturing almost everything the way I wanted, the colors, where the machines were located, the layout. A year later, the place is finished. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, this is not too far off from what I've been envisioning. <laughs> it's almost like deja so vu. It, I actually, <laughs> exactly. You know, in the world, we actually have uh, a thing that most people won't agree with, but we create everything twice, once in the mind and once in reality. All right. I so agree. So with that's that. when I understood that, hey, you know, this works. Uh, it can work for healing. It can work for lots of things, but we have to 
really make a concerted effort and be focused on our thoughts. Uh, if you think of something negative, you're not going to suddenly get the elephant or the dinosaur in your living room. Uh, there is a huge buffer between. And so um, it's the fact that when you think about these thoughts, your body takes the action that you need to take, what you need to do. Uh, another quick example, uh, without revealing what I was doing, but I was working on something for my program, uh, my show that I run, and I wanted something. And um, I had been working on it for a while, but it wasn't going anywhere. And suddenly I got an inspiration to do something different, just out of the blue at 11 o'clock, actually last night. And I got this inspiration to do something different that I never tried before. So that's my message. You have to be open to how something is going to come to you. You can't specify the time. You can't specify the manner it's going to come to you. You just have to say what you want, place your order with the universe, and just wait because sometimes there's a line. But <laughs> – let me, and I, I, I'm with you on that. And I know for some folks that would, that would listen to this, they'd be like, wow, that's so woo woo, but I've been there and, and, and I totally get it. Right. I'm not Mr. Woo woo, but I'm, I'm, I'm very much on board with the, all right, you got to put it out there. I think the one place that you and I may, may separate a little bit is, um, while I'll put it out there, I still got to get out there and take some action against it. Right. You, you can't, I think that was one of the gaps when, uh, what was that? Uh, uh, oh, the law of attraction when that movie came out. Yes. The, the law of the distraction and also the secret, the secret. Yes. That one there, the secret, uh, all about the law of attraction. I know when I watched that, I was like very excited because all the people that were in it were people I had been following and paying attention to for years at that point, but it, it left me kind of empty. It's like, I get what you're saying, you know, believe in it and put out the energy and everything. But if I just did that, if I just sat there and said, okay, I walked up to the mirror and said, all right, here's what I want. Here's what I'm going to go, you know, right. And here's how all this. And then I just sat down on my couch. Well, then the universe is going to say, well, your lazy butt isn't getting anything, right? You <laughs> got to put it out there. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> you're right, Tracy. So whenever I said to you, uh, and I maybe I didn't say it exactly, but I agree with you. Yesterday, I told you that I got an inspiration to do something. Yeah. So when you keep putting these thoughts out there, what maybe didn't come off clearly is that you're going to be directed to take actions. Yeah. Uh, and you do have to take them. So um, if I misled that, I apologize. It's not that you just – so your brain has a connection. Maybe you wanted to bring a certain relationship in your life. It's going to cause you to have these type of connections because – Let's think of this for a moment. Uh, maybe you want to get a new car, right? What's your favorite color, Tracy? Uh, well, when it comes to cars, it's going to be black. Okay. So let's just say, for example, I'm just going to switch this around. Sure. There's probably not a lot of black cars right now. But let's just say for a moment that you're focusing on a black car. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you're going to buy a black car. Hey, all I see is black cars around here. Yeah. You see, what you focus on is what you see. You didn't see the other cars. There were lots of other colors. Yeah. No, you didn't bother to pay attention to them. Yeah. No, that's so that. what we put our attention on is what causes those steps to happen. So in my mind, when I was doing all these things in my head and when the plans came down, I didn't realize that I was doing what was in my mind. Like I was taking the actions with the architects, with how we were wiring, what was being done. And I planned everything when it came time, but I didn't realize at at the time I was doing it, that my plan was not really then. It was already planned for me in my mind. 
Absolutely. I just execute it. So uh, whether that's buying a house, whether that's a, a financial strategy, uh, whether that is to have a goal to uh, meet a certain person for a friendship, for a relationship, uh, or any other thing in your personal uh, or business career, it has to start first in the mind. Yeah. And when it starts in the mind, when things in the world start to catch your attention, other examples, you're looking for a house. Well, now suddenly, if you were saying I'm looking for a house, but oh, I'm never going to get a house. I'm never going to get a house. Never going to get a house. Yeah, well, you're yeah. never going to see the signs across the highway yeah. that say there's a house for sale. Right. Because absolutely. your mind's already blocking it out. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think one of the things that really resonates with me on that is uh, if we go back to uh, Napoleon Hill, right? Uh, he talks about the uh, yes. the infinite what is it called? The universal consciousness, I believe he called it, and how he used to put forth his, you know, his thoughts and his energies out there, and things began to manifest. I know one of the examples he gave was him and his brother-in-law were going to have to drive into town. And of course, we're talking the 50s here, and he's like, well, you're going to go at like this time, and there's not going to be a parking space in front of the bank. He says, trust me, there'll be a parking space. I'm sending out, uh, you know, I'm making sure that there's going to be a parking space, and as they pulled up, there were no parking parking spaces. His brother's like, like, see, told you, no parking space. And then just as they started to pull up to where the bank was at, a car pulled out right in front of the bank and there was the parking space. And I think that kind of even leads to what you were talking about with the creation of your, uh, of your plant there. It's like you had this vision and you were putting it out there even before the plans were being enacted. So when the plans were being enacted, you already had that, that let's, let's call it the vibration out there. So when whoever was working on it was helping tap into what your vision was on the blueprint, it, I think there's something else out there higher than that we don't even understand yet is saying, maybe it's like this or maybe it's like that, which made it, uh, may help them see your vision without you maybe audibly articulating. Does that make sense? I agree with you 100%. So I had another situation. I'm not going to uh, reveal the parties for security and anonymous reasons. But there was a situation in business where we weren't connecting. And it was somebody I needed to connect with. And I just decided to let it go. Mm -hmm. Well, a while down the road, uh, you know, I kept saying to people, you know, I'm not such a bad guy. You know, I know you've had people that have burnt you and you had problems. I'm not that guy. And, you know, talk is cheap. They have to see actions. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, everything just kept going wrong. And I said, okay, uh, it's going to go right. You know, it's going to just take some time. This is just a process. And about a year or two later, there were some other mistakes that happened. But I just said, okay, this is what's happened. I said, and I know you're going to take care of it. And you know, it's your problem. And I got a letter back saying, uh, John, you know, this is more than what we've agreed to do, but we're going to go ahead and take care of it. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to have a good attitude. I think people have to see you as being, uh, let's say, not just neighborly, but somebody that has a good attitude. Sure. And I think that's important because a lot of times, you know, you might be disgruntled by something that happens. Mm hmm. And you send a message out there or you tell people, oh, these people are terrible. This is terrible. And you can't do that because, see, then that just emphasizes to the people that you really are that bad person, which you're not. But it's that moment in time. But to answer your question about is there something else out there, there is uh, the quantum, mm -hmm. the quantum effect, the quantum world. Right. Uh, you might be familiar with a while ago when they talked about uh, the beam. 
and how if you looked at it one way, it was a solid beam. If you looked at it another way, when you observed it, then it became a particle and then it dispersed a different way. Now, that's just the general overview. I didn't want to get too deep with it. But my point is, is that when we observe something, it behaves differently. So in quantum, everything you and I, our computer, laptop, this conversation, our homes, our businesses, books, laptops, phones, microphones, they're all just moving molecules. Yep. So when we put thought out into the energy, into the world, I believe that over time, that thought has the ability to do the same thing that we can do to our bodies, which is heal them. Those thoughts send out energy. So they had done a study about this a long time ago where they measured people that had a great attitude and they have a device that can do this. Mm -hmm. And they could tell that there's an aura that comes off your body that they prove scientifically. Well, when you're in a close range of someone, obviously that's a lot better, but you can still send out um, your waves to them. You might've heard when, you know, a mother gets a signal that her child is uh, uh, suddenly needs help. Or, you know, when you think about somebody and then they suddenly call, um, that's not magic. I really do believe that, you know, the quantum world does exist and that we do create our reality. But the other thing that's really important, Tracy, is not just to understand it, but to be grateful for everything you have at the current moment in time. Or if you're not grateful for everything you have, the universe is not going to deliver you anything more. So you don't like what you got. I'm stopped giving it to you. <laughs> and and exactly. I think I think they're at some level the 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 universe. Uh, well, I, I like that phrase. Um, uh, can even start taking it away. Well, if you don't like it, here let's get it. Let's deliver it to someone that will like it and will will utilize it. Um, I mean, you can even you can even liken that same example to the the amazing things that the body can do. You know, it's like if you're if you're not using an organ effectively, well then the body starts saying, well, I'm not you you're not using it. So we're gonna start deteriorating. We're gonna start getting rid of it. You know, uh when someone you know gets injured somewhere and all of a sudden they're not using one leg as much as they used to, well then it begins to atrophy which is the body's way of saying, okay, well, you're not using it. Let's get rid of it. Let's take the resources and put it where you are using it. And so that's, I, I think that's a more physical example of the universe doing the same thing. I, I agree with you hundred percent. And when you think of a goal or you write down a goal, a lot of people say, I will be this, or I will be wealthy in so many days. See, that doesn't work. Um, no. The reason that doesn't work is the universe. Okay. So it's someday in the future. Yeah. Um, you need to put your goals down as now. You need to be specific. Now, sometimes I know you may not be able to be exactly specific, but it's enough to get the thought going in the right way. So one analogy that I teach people and it works really well is I am now financially abundant. So then how do you do that if you don't believe that? Okay. Well, you know what a magnet is. So I attract money just as easily as a magnet attracts metal. And you have to play with it and have fun with it. If you get too serious with this, Tracy, it doesn't work. Right. You have to kind of play with it. And you're going to start to see that you're going to start believing it. So you might have heard the phrase, you know, fake it to you until you make it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of uh, good value in that, in that when you've made it in your mind, because what I do on all my goals, regardless of what they are, in the very bottom line, I put this may not have all happened in the outer world yet. And uh, I usually say that this has happened already in my mind, even though it may not have happened fully in the outer world yet. 
and I am having fun along the way. You're now listening to-, to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Because if you're so focused on the end, you got to enjoy the journey. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and I think one of the things about that, especially I'm, I'm a big goal setting fan, just so you know. So I'm, you, 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 oh, you're, <laughs> you're preaching to the choir here. Amen. Um, but I think when it comes to to goal setting, you're, you're absolutely right. There's no end. Uh, you've got to keep I don't want to say resetting, but it's kind of like that. Right. It's just like if if you're nearing the achievement of a specific goal. Hey, I want to lose 10 pounds. And you're right about at that 10 pound mark. Well, then you need to reset what that goal is to replace it. Um, if we think back to the uh, the original Apollo astronauts, they had this amazing goal that the whole country and large parts of the world were backing them about getting to the moon. And, you know, they did. They worked their butts off and they, you know, educated themselves and they trained themselves physically and mentally. And then they got there and got back. And, you know, it was like, hurrah, hurrah, big ticker tape parades, you know, and everyone's all like that. And what now? And so many of them had no next goals. You know, uh, except for like, I think, believe Chuck Yeager, who decided, you know, who knew his next goal was he wanted to fly the next generation of test planes. So he was less. So for those guys that didn't have the goals, you know, they sunk into depression. They started, you know, getting uh, affected by alcoholism and all these other things. So it's like, yeah, they had their their brain had been so focused and driven. And now they didn't have a new target to go after. You've got to keep the journey stopped for them. And they didn't know what to do next, right? They were like, they were like lost. So yeah, it's definitely all about that journey and making sure you keep putting the end a little further out. Hey, I'm about to achieve my 10 pounds. Well, good. Now what I want to do is I want six pack, whatever. Who cares what your next goal is? It's your goal, right? It's all about you becoming the best version of you along the way. I I, I love that. And there's two things I just want to add to that. One is when you mentioned the reset, I like to think of it as priming the pump. Yeah. You have to keep priming it. Yep. Uh, or with a computer, we say you have to keep refreshing it. But I like priming it because you have to just keep sending more water or more liquid through. So the pump still keeps churning. Otherwise, the pump says, hey, I don't think that's the pump. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just going to I'm just going to die. <laughs> I, I'm going to burn out. I'm done here. So yeah, you have to give it the thing. But the other thing you mentioned uh leads me to a story about the hidden scrolls you might have heard of. Okay. There are several hidden scrolls and they have secrets in the universe. Yep. So there are lots of secrets from our ancestors. And I think that our ancestors actually knew a lot more about the quantum universe than we do today. No, I, I don't really that. believe that. Yeah. I mean, from medicine to so many things, but any book you pick up, whether it's uh, one you mentioned uh, before uh, you know, rich dad, poor dad, yep. uh, or whether you, you pick up the one about the, the hidden scrolls in, in our world, uh, or the one I like uh, is actually a great concept is that, you know, we're all here for one reason, Tracy, and some people may not agree with me. And when something doesn't work out, because, you know, we all have detours sometimes, right? We have to take a different road. Sure. It's how we choose to re- respond to those challenges we have in life that not only improves our character, shapes our personality, but really drives the level of success we can have mm. because we're open to it and now we can see new possibilities. But what I like to say is that when something goes a little bit awry, and that can happen, 
Uh, I remember in my very first job coming out of college when I started my company part-time, I was working for a government agency. I'm not going to mention which one. And uh, wasn't really getting paid what I was worth at the time. But, you know, sure. I was just so happy to have a job and be part of an organization. Mm-hmm. But they didn't always treat me the best. But I just said, I love what I'm doing. I love helping the people. And I just looked at all the bright side. And after a few years, I was a couple months away from being vested. And I did something most people would say is very stupid, but I believed in my principles. And I went up to the HR person. It was just before the holidays, the Christmas holidays. And I said, thank you. Lee said to me, just what do you mean? Thank you. I said, I, I just want to say thank you to you. I've, I've had a lot of fun here. And um, I said, this is my last day. And they were like shocked. I said, and I said, thank you to you because uh, you helped me do one of the most important things that I needed to do in life and keep doing. And that's to become a better version of myself and for you guys to become better versions of yourself. So this is the time when I changed my path. And I'm so grateful that you guys helped me see that I'm not supposed to be here anymore. <laughs> and they just like, okay, they didn't know what <laughs> they didn't happened. know how to respond. Yeah. <laughs> so I believe, you know, it's how you choose to respond to things that yeah. sets us up for greater success. And even the people that have had challenges uh, that might have a health issue, that might go through some financial challenges, uh, what you have today, Tracy, or how your body is today is what happened because of what you did in the past or your thoughts in the past. Yes, sir. You, see, you can change that in the future. By changing by- Right now. By changing right now to put yeah. your thoughts into that pump so that you can start priming to get new output. You put great gasoline in your car, you're going to get a better smooth ride. Yeah. You put bad gas in your car, you're going to start getting some <laughs> pings, right? Why is, my, why is this thing pinging all the time? <laughs> it sounds like it's going to blow up or move back and forth. And I always tell the guy at the pump, I was like, oh, what kind of gas you take? I'm like, uh, premium. He's like, oh, don't put the other stuff in. My car will blow up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. <bro. laughs> right on. But an open mindset, Tracy, I think is so important to being an entrepreneur, uh, knowing how to manage people. And the other thing I tell people is that if you are not disciplined enough, if you can't get passionate with your life and doing things in business, you shouldn't be an entrepreneur, let alone right. a serial entrepreneur. Thank you. If you're somebody that has to work nine to five, yeah. okay, and you're someone that has to get a paycheck every single week and has to be consistent, yeah. don't be an entrepreneur. Don't, no, do not be an entrepreneur. <laughs> because, you know, if you're someone that wants freedom, and you're someone that wants not only financial freedom, but you want the freedom of your life to do what you want when you want, then you want to become an entrepreneur. But it's not an easy journey, as, as you could probably can equate to, Tracy. Oh, yeah. Uh, there are some ups. There are some downs. Yep. And sometimes you say, gee, why did I do this? And you're like, well, that's why. It's like playing golf. And maybe you played some bad in the beginning. And then you hit that one great drive with that. One great yeah. shot is like, oh, I can't wait to play again tomorrow. I can't wait to play again. No, and you're absolutely right. That Therein lies the magic. I mean, uh, I think that's one of the great things about being an entrepreneur is that you can pick, you know, your hours for the most part, right? And sometimes those hours are in the middle of the night. Sometimes they're in the, you know, the early morning like we are right now. And sometimes they're in the middle of the day. But when you have that one good shot or that one great client and it just it, – I've only played – official real golf one time it was never my oh, sport wow. but uh, when i did play it there was one shot that i made and 
there was something about the sound and the ping and it just like vibrated through my whole body. And that was the moment I said, okay, now I get why people play this game. The whole time before that, I was shanking this way and things are going into here and over. I have no idea what's going on. But that one moment, you're right, that one client can just turn you like, okay, this is what I live for. And then it pushes you on through the challenges into the next one. Yeah, when you, when you can swing that driver and uh, there's a way that you can hit the driver and not slice and there's a way when you swing it that it actually feels right. Now, I know some people are like, what's he talking about? Yeah. Well, when you hold the club, whether it's a driver or I get the greatest feeling when I'm swinging my irons. Mm-hmm. See, when you swing a driver, you can you can go right through and they're not wood anymore. They're titanium and other metals. But when you swing it right, it feels good in the swing, but it's not the same as swinging a, uh, an iron. When you're in the fairway and you have that shot and you just take your iron and you swing, you get that whoosh feeling, but you just can feel that 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 sense and you can hear it and then you yeah. see the ball i'm like wow it was a great shot you feel it you, you know feel, it's a yeah. good shot you yeah. look up wow that was a great shot and i think in business it's the same thing you know when you have a hard day you have to go back and think about your wins i tell people you have to have a short win and you have to celebrate your short wins before you can have your big win. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people that i talk to they want the big wins tomorrow but they haven't had a little win Right. And if they have had it, they haven't taken the time to celebrate it and acknowledge it. That's that's really that's really the magic. And somebody that doesn't understand that and becomes an entrepreneur because you're really getting married as an entrepreneur to your business. Amen. And uh, (laughs) you have to like it. You have to love it. And when somebody says to me, John, you know, uh, when do you work? And I respond to them by I don't ever work. (laughs) Well, you're in your office all the time. I said, well, well, I'm in my office. Yes. Well, you don't work. I said, well, I do things and I guess they make money and <laughs> I help clients, but I really don't know when I start working. Yeah. I think when I start working is when I talk with the accountant, maybe a couple hours a year, but yeah. I really don't consider being in my office working. And the other thing that I was always afraid to do, Tracy, many, many years ago, uh, being in business now, celebrating 30 years this December, the one business and the marketing company now seven, I would say that we're always afraid in the beginning to not take a client. So mm. we want to take everybody, right. even if it's not the right thing for mm. us or for them. We just want that client because let's face it, in the beginning, that's how you can always tell a beginning salesperson. But with that in mind, you have to be willing to do something else, Tracy, and that's fire a bad client. Yes, sir. So when somebody is not meeting your deadlines, uh, somebody that's always paying late, somebody that's just always chastising you for the price, I understand. Um, you know, I think um, it might be time for you to move on. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I can change it. No, no, I don't want you to change. No. I just don't think we're a match anymore. It happens. You know, don't worry about it. Don't feel bad. It's just there are other people that can help you. No, no, but I want you. I, said, I, I get it. But <laughs> right now we've kind of shifted. Yeah. Well, what do I need to do? I mean, I'll get back and then you can't, you've already switched. Yeah. No, that's, I actually did a whole episode on, you know, firing clients. I mean, it's, it's very important because there, there are times when they're just not the right mix and you're probably doing your business as well as your client a disservice to keep them on because 
clearly you're not serving them if they're complaining about the service they're getting. So let's get them to the right person that can serve them. And if you can serve that up to them, more power. Uh, if you can't, you can certainly, you know, uh, you know, help them find it. And then a lot of times, Tracy, those same clients several years later, mm -hmm. they want to come back either because they didn't get the same service. Mm -hmm. uh, and I tell people, you know, there's only a few reasons that I would, you know, dismiss a client. But there is one thing I always um, expect when a new client comes in, and that's respect. They need to have respect for me, for my staff, just as well as we'll have respect for them and their staff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you can't do that, if you think that your check that you're sending me gives you license to abuse us uh, or to ridicule us, then I think it's time that we return your check and we say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, have a nice day. <laughs> no. You know, and I think as entrepreneurs, when they start out, they feel that, oh my gosh, I, I can't lose a client. Right. Yes, you can. Yeah. You can lose a client and there'll be many other clients. One of my secrets that works really well is, you know, I rarely go and actually call on a client for business. Mm -hmm. uh, clients come to me, I talk with them, and I don't even ask them for the order. I was like, okay, so this is your problem. This is where you are. And so do you want to solve this problem? Yes. Well, how do you want to do that? Well, we could do this. We could do this or we could do this. Oh, okay. Well, could you put that in writing? Sure. Once you choose to hire us, we'll be more than happy to put it in writing. Because what they want is all our expertise. Right. So in the marketing business, we give 15 minutes of free consultation to a, to a new. Mm -hmm. But then what happens is they'll come back a second time for another 15 minutes. And we'll usually honor that. But then sure. after they're like, hey, um, so we need to send you a link to pay for the consultation because uh, you've already had 30 minutes of free consultation. We normally do 15. Right. In the IT world, it's been known for years that people do free estimates. So there's a difference between a free estimate and an estimate that takes me work to actually calculate. You say to me, John, I want a system that does this. I give you a quote on it. You tell me I want a system that does this, but I have all these extra requirements. I need a, requ a quote on it. Well, we're going to have to come out and take a look at that. How far is we have to run? Oh, okay. Well, here's what we'll do. We'll come out and take a look at it. Uh, we estimate it should be about this, but if you want exact price, we're going to come out. This is what we're going to charge you. We'll deduct that off the cost. Um, yeah, we just want to make sure you're serious about moving forward because you know, we get a lot of people we used to go out to and do estimates. These estimates become a free-for-all. Yeah. And then they just try to get information out of us and pick our brain. I know you're not going to do that, but we get people that have done that. And right. then they take our entire plan and they bring it to another company. Right. Oh, that's terrible. And then it's like, you know, they're going to do that because they go quiet. Okay. Let me talk with my board. About <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so I think that's the magic is that you have to just be open. You have to listen to your clients. Uh, you probably have to listen more than you talk. That's probably one of the biggest piece of advice I can give. And that um, when the client wants to do something, you need to listen to what they want and do what they want, not what you want. Uh, I also tell people it's not about selling a product. In the IT world, it's not about getting you a product. Uh, my one company is called the Jmore Connection, jmor.com. And I tell people that when you come to us for a solution, it's a Jmore solution. Well, what products do you put in? That doesn't matter. And it's so it's a Jmore solution. I'll have this. this. They want a list of all the SKUs we're going to get. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're, we're not doing that. This is not laundry shopping right. you know, or a laundry list. Um, there might be a, an issue where 
they want to know what kind of printer or they want some specification, but we're not going to go down and tell you what kind of parts are in a computer. We build a lot of high-end PCs and our minimum warranty is one year to three year and our servers are four. Many people do not do that. We build right. them from scratch. But when the client gets a system, well, um, what do I have in here? You know, I just kind of want to know all these details and they want to know these details so they can circumvent you. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's kind of not the way we work. You know, we, we work with you, we help you with your problems. But some people, uh, Tracy, you know, they are very concerned on the dollar. And I tell them two things. There's two ways you can handle this. You could say you're really cheap, which that's not the case. Or you can come back and say, well, you know what? We're really expensive. Oh, yeah, you probably can't even afford us. So <laughs> those are two ways to go. And then when they get the price, it's like, well, that's not too bad. Or, you know, you sit with them and say, look, what are you spending now on these costs? What if we could reduce these costs within the first six months? Hmm. So a lot of people, it's not nice to say, Tracy, but it's about the black and white. It is about the numbers. Mm -hmm. It used to be more about the relationship, but loyalty in business has changed. It's become a commodity. In the marketing business, it's about loyalty. In the IT business, it's about who can get the job done faster and better? What I like to tell people is we don't play games like the superstores do. We just fix your technology problems right the first time. And then I tell people, reach out today and give us a try. When we come out to see someone, we don't try to sell them a million other things. We just go in there to look at what's wrong, make some recommendations. But we're not trying to sell them the most expensive product. We're trying to get them what they need for their business today and tomorrow. Because if I just sell you something for today, I'm not doing you any justice if you have to throw it away to you. So I always try to overscale uh, my estimates a little bit so that they can handle some growth and expansion to be able to perform for tomorrow, even if the client doesn't exactly know what that is. Right on. Well, that's that's a good plan because obviously otherwise they're going to be coming to you and going, well, you know, what you sold me just doesn't do with what I'm doing now at this new level. And you're like, well, OK. And, and, and the last thing I really want to touch on is something that's really helped us get on the map now. So Jay Moore's been around, as I mentioned, now 30 years, very happy and proud about that. So we do all kinds of IT systems, cameras, access control, those type of things. Sure. And uh, managing data centers, I'm very happy and proud that we actually manage two international banks. Now, I say that not to, to brag, but these two banks are the largest banks in the world. And they're the banks that every single bank that you see on the highway use as a reference to do their business. Sure. So they're not the ones that you would go in there and have a consumer or a business account with. So they wouldn't be ones you would know every day. Sure. They're also the big investing banks. So that's important because if a company like that trusts us. And we've gone through a level nine security clearance with them. I think we're pretty trustworthy in your home, mm -hmm. uh, in your business. And of course, we're insured. But the last point I want to talk about is something that's really helped us uh, get on the map. And that is um, our marketing company with our LinkedIn banner profile. Yeah, Rage. I was actually make sure to ask about that. So please share. Well, um, you know, in the marketing business, um, everyone always tries to sell a high targeted priced item. Mm -hmm. And in the COVID time, we realized people needed a way to connect with others and B2Bs connect on LinkedIn. So I did some research and I found out that my own profile wasn't so great. In the well, it has a lot of great content, but it's not attractive enough to get people to really want to connect with me unless they, they know about me or they've heard about me from a referral. Sure. So I said, 
I talked to my graphics and I said, we need to create a banner profile. And so as we did this, we realized that it's not quite that simple because you don't just create a graphic. Most people use the default LinkedIn banner profile because it's there. Sure. Or they go to some stock photo site, royalty free, and they download a five to $25 image, which looks sensational, but it's actually not their business. Right. It's impressive. So what we do is we create a story, Tracy. We set up a, a consultation about 60 minutes. And then what we do is we have a conversation with the person to see uh, what makes them u- unique, not what their company does well, but what makes them unique as a person. Mm-hmm. And then we look at target markets and we try to figure out things that would be additional sources of income for them to make people want to connect to do business with them. It's this creative profile, this creative approach, and then the tagline we create for them that makes other people want to reach out. Because I tell people, it's all about getting in front of your target market. It's about getting them to engage, to have discussions, which then lead to potentially more business. It all starts with a discussion. It's not a sale. It's just a discussion about maybe a problem or a challenge you're having. And then there's other things we obviously could do down the road. But I tell people this, we can't market you unless you have a story. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a story, well, don't spend your money with us or anyone else because there's really nothing anybody's going to do with you because you don't know what you're doing. I talked to a lady the other day, a very nice lady, and she wanted some free advice. And I said, I'll tell you what you need to do. Uh, Even if you don't hire us, I said, you need to have a story. But I have one. Yes, it's in your head. It's not on the site. And we can help you. Well, how would I do that? Well, you need to hire us. So when you have a story, and then you also get people, Tracy, that are a little defensive. So somebody that comes to us needs to be open about the suggestions we have. And if they're totally against everything, which some people are, oh, I know it. I know this way. I know that way. And I'll be honest, Tracy, I was like this uh, many years ago when I started my IT company. But when I hired one of the largest advertising and marketing companies in New York, I'm not going to tell you who, but I fired them after a while of them not doing their job right and me spending so much money with them that I had so much pain that I decided I got to at least start a printing company. <laughs> and then after I got a printing, I said, it's more than printing. It's about design. It's about concepts. It's about stories. Yep. It's about quality. I mean, your local uh, superstores with a capital S or a capital O, and you know who I mean, yep. uh, uh, or a capital K. Uh, or capital F, uh, they are not about stories or quality. They're about cheap. They don't have access to a million different types of paper. They can't print wedding invitations. And what makes us so unique is that once we get your story, Tracy, we can print on anything, paper, plastic, metal, glass, wood. So that means we print on mugs. We can print on clocks. No, we don't manufacture them. But because we can do that and because we have that story idea, and of course, we handle social media, digital, we built a PR team. I love doing this for people. I love to get people excited about this because when there's a story that has value, and I'm also the author uh, behind how to get uh, a million eyeballs on you in 30 days. And I do that because I spoke for Harvard and Yale. With all my contacts from that, I built a database and some others throughout the years. And based on these things, I put quality stories in front of these people that are human interest stories Mm -hmm. that make them want to connect. And that's what I like to do, Tracy. I'm all about value, whether it's in my business, uh, whether it's on my um, unboxing channel, my review channel, or on my Jay Moore Tech Talk show. It's about providing value through myself, through my co-host, and through my guests. Uh, I tell people it's not a sales presentation. It is a value proposition. And I get so many people that are ready to do that. And then they come on the air and I'm like, 
okay, this isn't working. Like, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Uh, right. We're out of time right now. Uh, but I do thank you for joining us. And they're like, I said, yeah, we, we had to cut that short. You were getting into a sales pitch. And what did we tell you about that when we interviewed you? Right. And so I think people don't understand that we need to give value. And that's the last point I want to leave you with, Tracy, is that when you have something you want to do, and Henry Ford said it best, um, if you uh, believe you can do something in life, if you believe you can't, then you're also right. So you have to decide what it is you want to do and do it. And that is the only reason that many years ago, I never started a marketing company because every single person around me, some of my best friends told me, John, you don't know marketing. You don't know graphics. You don't know printing. Well, that's true, but I taught myself. And then I right. hired the resources I needed. So just because you don't have everything you need to do something, maybe you want to start a painting company. I don't know. And maybe you don't know the first thing about paint selection. You can hire people that can help right. you with that. But you just have to have the vision and you have to have the desire. Just like I get people all the time coming to us. They don't have to write software. They come to us and we write them custom applications. Mm-hmm. We take their story and put it into a program. And I think that's the difference uh, between a successful entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, is they're able to communicate with these different types of resources, whether it be development, whether it be marketing, and just bring in the teams that you need to help your business be successful and work on what you need to do to make your business be successful. Um, And the things that you don't know about, don't worry about learning all those. Hire people to do those because you're going to waste more time and effort trying to do those things. Do I do accounting? No, No. that's my accountant's job. Right, (laughs) absolutely. So do what you do best so you can work on your business, but work more on your business, ladies and gentlemen, than in your business. Now, I know it's tough, but work on your business, which is the strategies, the things you need to do. Don't work on the screws and the bolts. You may have to in the beginning, but try to at least work a little bit on your business so that you can start growing your business. Absolutely. Uh, You know, this John is in here dropping bombs today, y'all. I I know we have just been here uh, hanging out and just, I've been, I've been like mesmerized by all these uh, amazing bits of information you've been dropping here. If folks want to learn more about John Morley and and obviously the, uh, the companies you've got going on, the IT, the LinkedIn, uh, where, where should we send them to? So the LinkedIn is really easy. Uh, you can just go to linkedin.com. And then once you click on uh, linkedin.com, you're going to go to uh, in. So it'll be linkedin.com slash in. That's to the right, the, the, uh, the forward slash. Uh, after the word in, another slash, and then J-O-H-N-C-M-O-R-L-E-Y-I-V. So that is linkedin.com slash in slash J-O-H-N-C-M-O-R-L-E-Y-I-V. Um, and the slash at the end. And so that's how you can connect with me. Uh, to check out the IT company, you can visit jmor.com. I encourage you to browse under social. You can see the JMOR Tech Talk cast. Uh, you can see my unboxing channel. You can see my reviews channel. And not only that, uh, you can also apply to be a guest under the reach out section. Let me know if you'd like to be a guest on the show. My marketing company is ourprintconnection.com. Somebody actually stole uh, neighborhood publications. Uh, so I wasn't going to spend 40 grand on the name. So one lesson <laughs> I learned is buy your domain name first before right. you register the name. Absolutely. All right, John, I definitely appreciate you coming in and dropping all this amazing knowledge, all the woo-woo stuff too. I really enjoyed that myself. <laughs> well, it has been a pleasure to uh, be with another fellow entrepreneur and to share such great information that I hope that your viewers will really enjoy. I'm sure they will. Thanks so much, John. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. 
All right, there you have it, my Dark Horse friends and family. John Morley dropping some knowledge bombs, mindset bombs, action bombs, and business bombs on us today. Here's some thoughts I came away with. Thought number one, stop trying to please everyone. Yeah, right? Remember John shared his story and made an excellent point that if you're spending your time trying to please any, everyone, then you are not, and I repeat, not bringing your A-game. Look, at the core, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with wanting to be liked by people. I mean, we all like to be liked, right? It's kind of cool. It's kind of fun, right? But I mean, at some level, if you think about it, we seek a simple level of validation from those that we love, those that we admire, and certainly from those that we respect. But that's not what we're talking about here, is it? Mm -mm. No, I can feel you shaking your head. Uh, No, the real problem begins to rear its ugly head when that validation becomes needed, a necessity. Your ability to feel good about yourself and the things that you're doing are predicated on this validation from others? Nah, that's not a good thing. Look, here's the thing. Your path to success in life, in love, in spirituality, or business should not I say it again, not be dictated by the approval of others. If you're not out there hurting anybody else or putting anyone else down, mm, no, you shouldn't be losing sleep over the opinions of others. Okay. Now I'm going to go into this a bit more in tomorrow's episode live in the Dark Horse Facebook group. Uh, We're going to be chatting about this a little bit deeper so I don't have to hog your time here. So be sure to come on over and check out episode 173, Stop Worrying whether people like you or not, right? Many will and many won't, period. Thought number two, challenge yourself and find others that will as well. John made a great point that he purposefully looks for people that will challenge him. This this helps him ensure that he will always be bringing in his A-game, feeling a tray of uh, 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 pattern here, right? Bring your A game. See, there are a lot of people out there that you can learn from. There's no doubt about that. Because I think if you're listening to podcasts like this, you already know that. And it's something that you're doing. So be sure to keep doing that. But all that said, you're going to want to engage with people that will challenge you. And you want to continue to challenge yourself. Now, there's easily at least four things you can do to challenge yourself, and I'm going to dedicate episode 174 to improving your execution by challenging your comfort zone. I will share some of the obvious and not so obvious ideas on how you can lean out of your comfort zone, as you've heard me mention so many times before, then how doing that can help improve your execution on all the tasks and the goals that you're working on in order to reach the dream that you desire and deserve. Thought number three, harness the power of your mind. John shared the story of of learning hypnosis to gain control of the power of his mind and his own subconscious. Uh, He mentioned the rule, the, uh, the rule of 369, right? Take three goals, focus on them six times a day for nine seconds each. You see, is the thing here is the power of your mind and its workings still kind of a mystery to so many and you know to others it's a no-brainer now you've heard me mention a variation of the three six 
369 rule. I mentioned it when I, I discussed the, uh, the, the daily top 10. I believe it was in last week's episodes. I don't have the number off the top of my head. But every morning, right, I mentioned that you should get up and write down your top five goals, whatever you think they are that, at that moment. And then write down the five actions you want to get done that day. The five little tasks, big tasks, whatever it is. Now, John shared via the 369 rule that you would review your top goals um, two more, you know, uh, excuse me, two more times a day. And then, you know, for six seconds or nine seconds each, right? Your top three goals for six times, you'd be doing it a few more times a day, but for nine seconds each. Then he went on to share that if you need, that you need to be clear and be able to feel what you want, right? It's not all about that just cold concrete, I'm going to get this done, right? You got to be able to feel it, right? And you've heard me mention this, right? When we talk about your Vista vision, it's the same thing. Look, if you're not already at the level of success that you desire, then I think a huge potential factor that's holding you back, um, it could be either this small shift in your head, or maybe it's a big radical shift in the way that you think about yourself, about your life, and about success as a whole. So from there, taking that that long look in the mirror can be a painful process, right? It could be a little uncomfortable, right? Most people don't like what I'm saying and I get it, but I need to say it because internalizing your goals, internalizing your success is critical to success. This is the hardest truth that I personally ever had to face. And I imagine for so many of you, it's probably just as tough. All right. So I'm going to go into this a little bit more on Thursday's episode live in the Dark Horse Facebook group. So be sure to come over and join us so you can engage live and and ask questions or certainly hear it before it gets dropped here in the podcast. And then finally, thought number four, become a better version of of yourself. John shared that great story about breaking away from a business role that he was in because they didn't appreciate him as much as they should have. I mean, John stood up for himself. See, he stood up for himself and he also stood up for the company knowing that if he stayed there, he would not become a better version of himself. And at the same time, he his staying there could keep the company from becoming a better version of itself. You see, in entrepreneurship, there are four P's that we need to remember. Persistence, progress, pivot, and profit, right? And I'm going to go into uh, each one of these on Friday's episode, episode 177, right? But if you cannot, will not, or do not stand up for yourself, you're cutting out 25% of your chance right there. You're limiting yourself by by 25% uh, of your success. Actually, let's go one step further. You're really limiting it by 50%. You're cutting yourself in half right at the knees by not standing up for yourself because then your persistence is gone, right? And your progress is gone just by not standing up for yourself and the worthiness that you have, right? But we'll, we'll go into that more on Friday. All right, my dark horse friends and family, what ideas, what inspiring ideas or tips or thoughts resonated with you today? Hmm? John brought a lot of them. I, I could have run on for another hour just chatting about all the, the knowledge bombs he drops. But whatever they were, take some time today, write them down, and then put them into action. You get out there, you run your race, 
and get your results and then come let me hear about them, right? Seriously, you can email me at Tracy at DarkHorseSchooling.com or come on over into the uh, Dark Horse Facebook group, uh, share the tips and ideas that you came away with, how you put them into action and what results you got from them. Heck, I'll probably even bring you on the show so you can share your insights. Speaking of sharing insights, man, next week's interview guest, man, I am super stoked about this. Next week's guest is, wait for it, Gabe Hilkiata. Now, Gabe is the drummer of one of my favorite bands, I Prevail. Well, you know, that's all cool. That's all super exciting. And I'm a little fanboy about it. That's not why I asked him onto the show. No, sir. You see, Gabe is an entrepreneur and actually was an entrepreneur before he started with the band, right? Has over 300,000 subscribers to his YouTube account and has a membership site touting thousands of users. And he bought the membership site's URL for five bucks. This is an awesome success story for so many who are definitely going to want to hear this. You are definitely going to want to hear this. So be sure you don't miss next week's episode with Gabe. Now, I know you want to keep getting all these valuable tips and all the awesome stories from these amazing guests I'm lucky enough to bring on. So please go on down there, smash that subscribe button. While you're there, leave us a five-star rating and drop us some kind words in the reviews. All right. And of course, do not keep all this entrepreneurial G-O-L-D all to yourself. Be sure you share this podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners you know will get value from it. With that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.